Well, a very good morning to you all. Morning. morning. Isn't it an incredible thing that no matter what your week has been like, for those of you that like sport, what your sport has been like, what the weather has been like, whatever else may have been going on for us this week, that we get to listen to God speak to us. Just think about that for a minute. Almighty God, and we get to listen and hear what he has to say. So let's take a moment and ask him to speak to us now. Lord God, we thank you that whatever our experiences have been this week, that we can come now and turn our ears to you, to listen to you. And so we ask that you would speak in this moment at this time to each one of us and that we might hear your voice and more than that that we would listen and obey and we pray that you would be glorified in that we pray this in Jesus name Amen I wonder what you think of when you hear the word freedom if you're like me the first thing that comes to mind is Mel Gibson as William Wallace in the film Braveheart, crying, and I won't shout it, freedom. But that's the Scottish people railing against the English, and as a originally Englishman, it's probably not the exa- example I'd like to think about this morning. <laughs> maybe, maybe you go to the Americas, and your mind goes to Martin Luther King, his famous speech nearly 60 years ago when he cries out, let freedom ring, calling for people of all races to join hands and sing, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. I don't know if I've ever mentioned in this setting that I come from a place called Yorkshire. (laughs) Just in case... I've never done that. I come from Yorkshire. I'm very proud of it. Tony, this week you texted me. It was Yorkshire Day this week. If you want to hear a proper Yorkshire accent, listen to Tony. If you need translation, I'm happy to do that for you. (laughs) In Yorkshire, we're known for lots of different things and people. But one of whom we're most proud of was this man, William Wilberforce who nearly 200 years ago fought hard to bring about the abolition of the slave trade and slavery itself. He's a legend around the world because of what he brought about, all initiated out of his Christian convictions and a very deeply personal and applied faith. Freedom is something momentous. It's a momentous moment to be celebrated I can still remember that significant milestone for me. I'm not particularly an academic, but finishing my six years of study at Aberdeen University and uh, elsewhere in different places, as I walked out of my final university examination, vowing that if I could do anything in my power, I would avoid ever having another examination again. 20 plus years later I've softened on that view a little but I've still not taken another examination 
Freedom is something to be enjoyed. And freedom is the theme of the passage that we're up to in Galatians today. The theme of this morning's message. So if you've got access to a Bible, whether it be a hard copy or on your phone, would you open it to Galatians chapter 5? And we're going to read in a moment from verses 1 to 5 and hear God speak to us through his word. Galatians chapter 5 and verses 1 to 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It's a short section and I want to keep this morning short and sweet so hopefully you'll be able to remember it. I've got three C's which summarize this passage. A comment, a command and a challenge. Let's look at them. First a comment. This is the crux of the passage. Christianity is about freedom. Many people in today's world think of Christianity as something that restricts or constrains us. But the reality, true Christianity, is quite the opposite. Far from being a bind or a burden, Christianity is something that releases us and sets us free. Look at verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Paul is specifically talking to the Galatians about the Jewish law. Remember, they're Jewish Christians. But the key message there to take is that Christianity is about freedom. He's using language that they will recognize and understand of slavery and freedom. Remember, this is a society where they'd see slaves around them all the time. And Paul is saying, Jesus is the liberator. The Christian life is about freedom, not about slavery. Now, it's not primarily about freedom from sin here, though the Christian life is about freedom from sin. Remember that verse? Whoever sins is a slave to sin. And Jesus has set those of us that trust in him free from that. We're no longer a slave to sin. But here in the book of Galatians, Paul is primarily talking about freedom from the law. He's describing about having a freedom of conscience, a freedom of the tyranny of the law, and a freedom of the struggle of always having to win the favor of Almighty God. In Jesus, there is freedom. 
It's a freedom of being accepted by God and access to God that comes through Jesus. Jesus himself says in John chapter 8, if the Son, talking of himself, Jesus, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So Christianity is about freedom. Young people, in school you will have people telling you that Christianity restricts. It tells you that you can't do this or we can't do that. Don't believe it. Christianity is very much about freedom. So don't make the mistake of making it about bondage or slavery. Christianity is not about rules. Yes, there are laws in God's word. But it's not about following the law. It's not about following every law. It's not about how much or how little you pray. It's not about how often you attend worship or how good you are at singing. It's not about how much you give or how little you give or how much you tell others about Jesus. All those things are good things, but none of them, none of them will save you because your best, my best, will never be good enough. It is about Jesus and what he has done in dying on the cross and taking my place, your place, taking the punishment I deserve on himself. It's his free gift of grace, not something that any one of us can earn. So, if you're a Christian, don't go back to slavery. Revel in that freedom. You can't imagine the slaves of William Wilberforce's time or the ones that Martin Luther King was speaking of. You can't imagine those slaves wanting to go back to captivity. And likewise, Paul is trying to help the Galatians realize, don't go back to captivity. Enjoy your freedom. And as Christians here today, in 2022, here in Lower Hutt, we are to do the same. So Paul starts with a comment. Christianity is about freedom. He now moves to a command. Look at verse 2. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's the obvious thing to say. If Christianity is about freedom, don't let yourselves get trapped in the bondage of slavery. Paul deliberately uses quite strong language. Stand firm. Resist. Recognize there's going to be a battle here. But don't give way. Don't let yourselves be burdened. Don't get weighed down. And Paul uses this image of the yoke. It was used on cattle to get the cattle to do what was wanted. But it was also used with slaves as a cheap way of tying captives together. Why would you want to go back to that? And it's not just that you wouldn't want to, but that you must not choose to as well. So Paul writes to the Galatians and gives them this command directly. Stand firm. Don't go back to the slavery of the law. Interestingly, he's writing to Jewish Christians. 
the Jewish Christians had their stories. Remember the story of the Exodus that we looked at recently? So they fled Egypt. And when things became difficult, they went crazy. They said, oh, we want to go back to that. And Paul is saying to the Christians here, don't be like that. That's madness. Don't go back to your former master. You're free. Paul is saying, as Christians, you're not slaves to the law. You don't have to follow it all to find salvation. Your salvation is found in Christ alone. So, as Christians today, don't go back to that. And why would you want to? In Christ, we find grace and mercy. Yes, you're more wicked than you ever realized. But in Christ, you realize you are more loved than you ever dreamt. We find grace and mercy, forgiveness and freedom. In the law, there is bondage, a need to follow the law's demands, to find favor. And let's be honest, whom of us can? Which of us can? Have you ever tried reading the Bible daily? It's hard. So hard that I'm doing a five day a week Bible reading scheme so that I can catch up on the weekends. Have you tried to pray before you look at your phone in the morning? That's hard. Have you tried singing a worship song? Sorry, worship team, to bring this to you without daydreaming about what's for lunch today or what's at work tomorrow? Well, maybe where the rubber hits the road, quite literally. Have you been able to respond well when someone cuts in front of you on the, on the motorway? It's entirely their fault and you want to tell them. You see, we are slaves to sin. And though we may try and follow the law, and don't get me wrong, and Paul is not saying the law is bad. We cannot follow it entirely. You see, we're slaves to sin. And so Paul is saying to these Galatians, you can't follow the law, but Christ has fulfilled it. He's taken your place. Find grace in him. If you're anything like me, you will find that time and time and time again, you resort back to good works and legalism. Oh God, I've done this for you. And that natural default setting that thinks it earns favor before God. No, my righteousness is like filthy rags. A comment, Christianity is all about freedom, a command. Don't let yourselves be burdened by the yoke of slavery. And lastly, a challenge, verses two to six. Paul has used the first verse, verse 1, to say what he wants to say. But now he uses verses 2 to 6 to apply it specifically to the Galatians situation. Have a look at verse 2. Again, he starts very strongly. Mark my words. Why is Paul so strong there? Well, Paul was quite an opinionated guy. But he really is starting this strong because it is false teaching 
Friends, the world that we live in, the country we live in, let's be even more blunt, the city we live in, there is false teaching everywhere. You don't need me to tell you where to turn to look for it. But can I remind us, how do we know what's the truth? Is it because Rob says something? Is it because I say something? Is it because the bookshop man of books stocks that author? No. You need to come back to the good book. To what God says. And so in God's word we read Paul saying mark my words. He's saying look this is false teaching. That you have to follow the law. And then in this paragraph, verses 2 to 6, Paul gives some contrasts, two opinions, two outlooks, two religions, if you like, one that is false and one that is true. And then he speaks of circumcision to the Jews who believed you had to be circumcised to be saved what we find in Acts chapter 15 when people came and said unless you're circumcised you can't be saved I'm really glad that's not the case today Paul is saying look that's not true he's telling them don't go back to find acceptance through obedience find your acceptance in Christ you might think that circumcision is a trivial matter. Don't think about it too much. It's a small but significant surgical operation on the body. But Paul cares about it because of what it means theologically. What it symbolizes, if you like. It's a symbol that stands for religion that can earn salvation by doing good things in obedience to the law. And so Paul says to them in verse 3, have a look. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. Paul's saying, look, if you're going to be circumcised for your salvation, you need to follow everything in the law, not just the circumcision bits. Look at verse 2. If you're relying on circumcision, Christ will be of no value to, to you at all. Let me put that in today's language. If you are following the law for your salvation, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Then verse four, if you're relying on circumcision, you've been alienated from Christ. Today's language, you're following your good works to save you, you've been alienated from Christ. Again in verse four, if you're relying on circumcision, you've fallen away from grace. If you think what you are doing is going to save you you've fallen away from God's grace Paul is saying you cannot receive Jesus and therefore acknowledge you cannot save yourself and then say oh I'll be circumcised and claim that you can you can't add circumcision or any good works or anything to Christ Christ is enough to be necessary for salvation Christ is sufficient in himself so if you add anything to Jesus you lose Jesus that's why the cults are so dangerous some of you will know people who are Mormons or Jehovah's Witness 
They say you need Jesus plus this. No, Jesus plus is always Jesus minus. Salvation is in Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. So go back to verse 2. The challenge is this. Is Christ of absolute value to you? Or is he of no value at all? So let me ask you today. What is Jesus to you? Because he will either be supreme all. Or he will be nothing. Paul closes by shifting the pronoun from you to we. Reminding the Galatians, look, we're believers together. Reminding them and him of the danger of falling from grace. He tells them that with the Spirit's help, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. He reminds them it is, by fa- it is faith that shows itself in love that counts through the Spirit's. You see, faith that saves is a faith that works and expresses itself through love. So quite a simple section. A comment. Christianity is all about freedom. Freedom found in Christ. A command. Stand firm in Christ, therefore. Not as slaves to the law. And a challenge for all of us, whoever you may be. What is Christ to you? Because if you fall for circumcision or any other compliance with the law to save you, Christ will be of no value to you at all. What is Christ to you? I started with one of the, the key figures in the abolition of slavery, William Wilberforce. I think I've mentioned this guy before. John Newton was a slave ship trader caught in a storm off the Irish coast whilst participating in the slave trade. He cried out to God to save him and said, if you save me, I will follow you. Some years later, he followed through on that and was remarkably converted. John Newton understood what this passage is all about. As he penned those famous words, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. May that be true for each one of us. May the crucified, risen, ascended and coming Christ be our all. And may he alone be our hope of salvation let's pray Father God thank you for your word thank you for the reminder that salvation is found in, by grace alone through faith in Christ alone help all of us to turn to him and not to ourselves not to our good works but to what Christ has done Well, God, we thank you for Jesus. Amen.